Anatomica, the human body. This book is so heavy and so full of amazing information that if you read this book and you learned everything in this book, you'd know how the human body works. But it's a waste of time because even if you read this book and learnt it verbatim so you could repeat it carrot fashion, so you knew your anatomy that well, this information is a waste of time. Woo! Unless maybe you want to squat with it because it's so heavy. Because if you don't apply your anatomy to the human body and to a person's lifestyle, what's the point? Could that be a really good question? So here's my very personal and special request as an exercise professional, as a personal exercise coach, as a personal trainer, as a group exercise instructor, if you're a boot camp instructor, Pilates, yoga, whatever it is that you do, that you get people to do some form of exercise activity, move their human body, should we be able to, yes, please learn your anatomy and physiology. I always use the example, if you're a car mechanic and somebody comes along and says, what's a carburetor or what's an air filter or where's the petrol tank or what's an axle and you don't know, you probably wouldn't take your car to that mechanic. So if somebody comes to you as an exercise professional and you don't know your bits and pieces and you don't know the body systems and you don't know how they work, anatomy and physiology, then I think that would be a bit embarrassing, yeah? But if you can't apply that information to a person's lifestyle so they can actually do safe, effective exercises, and there's always three words to exercise. Is it safe? Is it effective? And is it fast? Because one of the challenges we've got as exercise professionals, of course, is that people want results quickly. They don't want the long version of the exercise, they want the short version, yeah? So here's an interesting, uh, could you run this through your headspace, an interesting scenario. You as an exercise professional, you go to a sporting coach to uh, train for soccer, hockey, volleyball, netball, whatever sport it is, and the coach and or the trainer gets you to do an exercise. And maybe you've never seen that exercise before. Uh, you think because they've got 20 years of experience in coaching that sport or because they've got 30 years experience as an exercise physiologist or because they've got uh, they're an elite athlete who must be good at the sport or they're a physiotherapist or a chiropractor or an osteopath, they're all the kinds of people that might be giving you exercises. Uh, do you have the right to ask my two favorite questions about exercise, which are why are we doing this and how does it work? And if you want to ask intelligent questions about those exercises, could it be a really good idea to know your anatomy and know your physiology? But even more important than that, the why and how of an exercise, should we be able to analyze that for ourselves rather than just believing somebody who has a stack of experience or they look good or they've got a big long list of qualifications or degrees. And the reason I'm asking that question is because I've been an exercise professional for so long, uh, I have been put in some very awkward situations where I've gone to people's classes, I've been to a physiotherapist or a chiropractor or clients have come to me from a physiotherapist or a chiropractor with a list of exercises that they're supposed to be doing or they've come to me with a list of exercises from their sporting coach or their sporting trainer. And because I, I am responsible, I believe I am responsible as an exercise professional to analyze an exercise and determine whether or not it's safe, whether it's effective, is it gonna work, and is it fast? And so many times people have bought me exercises or I've had to, 
I won't do a stupid exercise. I've got too many broken joints in my body. I just won't do it anymore. And I, I say that because when I started in the exercise profession, I didn't ask those questions. I didn't ask why are we doing this and how does it work? Uh, I went to people's classes. I listened to people with lots of university degrees. I listened to physiotherapists and chiropractors. I listened to people who told me how to exercise. And unfortunately, not their fault, they're going to live their life the way they're going to live it. My responsibility, I didn't ask why are we doing this and how does it work. I didn't know my anatomy and physiology, so I couldn't figure it out for myself. And even when I learned my anatomy and physiology to pass the test to be qualified, and I've got a big long list of qualifications, I'm a very qualified piece of paper person when it comes to the exercise profession when it, and, and, and nutrition. I've got a big long list of qualifications in nutrition and a big long list of qualifications in exercise. But what's the point? What a waste of time if those courses, those qualifications, don't, don't teach you or didn't teach me or I didn't learn, stupid me, how to think for myself. And that's why I'm so excited about the MAX program. Because when I met K-Man, yes, an exercise physiologist, yes, a health scientist, yes, a really smart guy. But most importantly, he didn't tell me what to do. He didn't tell me how to think. He forced me to think for myself. Here's me, qualified exercise professional, training people, hundreds, thousands of people. And he would ask me, why did you do that exercise? And how does it work? Can you explain to me simply why that's a good exercise? And I'm going to ask you some very personal questions about that. Number one. If you did end up in a court of law, and God forbid that ever happens to you, but if you were having to justify legally, somebody's trying to sue you for hurting them, if you had to explain legally why you chose that exercise and somebody said to you, prove to us that it's safe, that it's effective, that it works, and that it's fast, it's not a slow exercise, you didn't waste somebody's time, because somebody could sue you for that. Can you imagine? Uh, if you waste somebody's money, you're going to get sued. But if you waste their time, I don't think there's precedent for that yet. But if somebody found out that they could have got results much, much quicker and they wasted a whole heap of time and money doing exercises that were a waste of time because they didn't work and or they were the slow exercise, how, how would you feel if you had to A, justify that in a court of law, but how would you feel if you had to justify that to yourself? Now, I'll go a step further than that. How would it feel if you injure somebody, whether it's now or in the future? So something that you give somebody now, they end up hurting themselves in the future. Uh, and I'll give you the worst case scenario. Let's just say somebody's got an underlying a challenge. So they've got sore knees from netball or they've got sore shoulders from being a kayaker or they've got a sore back from being a person who sits in an office all day long or they've got sore knees, backs and shoulders from being a construction worker or working in a warehouse. But they want to be fit and strong, so they come to you and they trust that you know your anatomy, they trust that you know your physiology, they trust that you know how to apply that to a safe exercise program, and you give them an exercise that hurts their knee or hurts their back or hurts their shoulder or hurts their elbow or a combination of all of those on that day. So it's the first time they come to exercise and you hurt them. Imagine how that would feel. And I'm asking you very personally and as harsh as I can because I don't want anybody to ever be in that position, you as an exercise professional and certainly not your client. And the worst case scenario is that that has happened to exercise people, I wouldn't call them professionals. And the, the really classic example is a trainer that ended up in court because the person that they hurt was a lawyer. 
And the challenge we've got, if you hurt a lawyer, the lawyer won't just sue you. They'll sue you. They'll sue the person who runs the business. They'll sue the franchise owner if you if you work in a franchise. They'll sue the piece of exercise equipment. They'll sue everybody because that's what lawyers do. They sue. I don't want you to be in that position. So there's a couple of really important things there. Number one, if you even if you don't learn your anatomy and physiology parrot fashion, there's a reason I... I uh, I'm making that suggestion because your client can Google bones, muscles, endocrine system, central nervous system, skeletal system, muscular system, cardiovascular system, respiratory system, immune system, digestive system. Your clients can Google those. They can learn those for themselves. And wouldn't it be exciting if they did so that the human, the human race became responsible for its own insides and outsides? That would be fantastic. But your clients can Google that and so can you. That's the thing about the MAX program. It's not... We don't give you information that you can Google. What we do is, we get, yes, we give you the information, but it's based on how will you work out for yourself how to apply that information to every individual client, specific client that comes along. So yes, it's how do I get people fit? Yes, how do I get people strong? How do I do that safely, effectively, and fast? But most importantly, how do I then apply that to this person's lifestyle? And I'll use the example again. If somebody's a netballer, there's probably underlying knee challenges. If somebody does upper body sports, boxing, rowing, tennis, kayaking, archery, swimming, there's going to be some kind of underlying or there could be a risk of a shoulder injury. If somebody sits on their bum all day long, there's going to be a risk of a back injury. And we need to understand all of that before we start prescribing exercise, which is why I find it really fascinating and very embarrassing that a lot of exercise people, and again, I won't call them professionals, don't ask those questions. They just say, okay, you've come to the gym, 10-minute couple of questions about your past, your blood pressure and your heart rate, maybe if we're lucky, and then let's go in the gym and train. You could kill someone. And that's the worst case scenario, isn't it? You could kill someone. Uh, I think I have. Uh, it's never happened on the spot. But I think because I gave people stupid exercises that wasted their time, didn't work, weren't effective, were unsafe, that because I've trained so many people over so many years without knowing how to do it properly because I, I just didn't ask the right questions and I didn't learn my anatomy and physiology. So thank you, K-Man, for forcing that on me. And I was 30 years old when I met him. So that was, I'd been uh, teaching classes since I was 13. So how embarrassing, from 13 to 30, I just listened to other people's rubbish. I, and when I say rubbish, even if they have a university degree or they're a medical professional or they've got 30 years experience or they own the gym or they've got 300 people in their class and I always say that because I came from the 80s where there were some classes with three four five hundred people in them I just believed those people because they were pretty impressive yeah I was impressed by their impressiveness but I didn't I have to take responsibility I didn't ask the questions I didn't learn my anatomy and physiology I learnt my anatomy and physiology to pass the test not to understand it not to learn how to apply it so I'm begging you please Every exercise that you're doing at the moment, and you can do whatever you bloody well want, of course. Whatever you want to do to your body is fine. We've all got the choice here as adults. We can smoke, we can drink, we can take drugs, we can not get enough sleep, we can stress, all that stuff. That's a choice. But as an exercise professional, I have to give 
I believe we should give the best information possible to our clients. What do you think? Should we give people exercises that are safe? Should we give people exercises that work? And should we give people exercises that are time efficient so they can't use time as an excuse for not exercising? And if your answer to those three questions are yes, then would it be a really good idea to learn your anatomy and then be able to apply it to the exercise? So every exercise that you ever share with somebody, you should do this or I recommend that you do this or here is an exercise program, have you analysed that program, every single exercise, as if you were going to take it to a court of law or it was being analysed by an orthopaedic surgeon and a neuroscientist and an exercise physiologist who actually knows their anatomy. They're not just repeating, regurgitating what they learnt at university and I'm sharing that with you because I've met a lot of people that do that too. But you have to justify every exercise. Is it safe? Is it functional? Is there a better exercise? What's happening at the joint level? Often we talk about exercise from a fat burning point of view or muscle building point of view or let's take fat off your body. But what about the joint? If the joint's going to get wrecked, then how can I burn fat? How can I build muscle? Because I can't exercise because my joint's broken. So should we, and I always ask the question, x-ray goggles on, every exercise you prescribe, is it safe, is it functional, what's happening at the joint, is it a shearing force, rotational force at the joint, is it a traction or compression force through the joint, how will those, uh, those joint actions, have they been affected by the person's lifestyle, so by their sport or their, what they do for a living or, or how they live their life, and could there be an underlying risk at each one of those joints, even if it's a compression force, which is safe? Because if you push two pieces of wood together, we're not going to wear the wood away, yeah? But if I put sandpaper between two pieces of wood and I do this, now I've got a shearing force. If I put sandpaper between two pieces of wood, do this and this, this and this, I've got shearing forces and rotational forces, I'm going to wear the wood away. And that's what happens at the joint level in the body, yeah? If I've got compression forces, I'm pretty safe. If I've got traction forces, I'm pretty safe. But if I start doing this to a joint or this to a joint, what might happen? But the next question for that, of course, is even if it's a compression force and if it's, even if it's a traction force, if I do it over and over and over and over and over, 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 is it possible that that joint will get broken from overuse? Is it possible that I'm going to wear the body away from overuse? So please ask the questions, is it safe? Is it functional? Does the body actually work that way? What's happening at the joint? Is there a better exercise? Is there a safer exercise? Regardless of who has given you the information. And please, I'm, I'm so respectful of everybody that has an education because I love people who learn and I'm, I love the, the concept of studying. And people do study, but a lot of people, exercise people, medical people, uh, allied health people, they study to pass the test. They don't study to understand. So even if the information comes from a medical professional or a sporting coach or an elite athlete or somebody with ripped abdominals or a social media guru or an exercise physiologist, please ask the questions, why are we doing this exercise and how does it work? You won't be able to understand the answer unless you have underlying anatomy and physiology knowledge. And then with your anatomy and physiology knowledge, please ask intelligent questions. And then the most important questions, why are we doing this? How does it work? Is it safe? Is it functional? Is it effective? Is it going to work? Is there a better exercise? Is it fast or slow? 
and what's happening at the joint? Could they be really important questions to ask? And I'm, I'm actually begging because every single day without fail, this has happened to me over and over and over so many times now, which is why I'm always chatting about safe, effective, fast exercise is there so many new exercises, new pieces of exercise equipment, and it seems that exercise people get bedazzled. There's a good word. Rowie, I've got this new exercise. Rowie, there's this new piece of exercise equipment. Rowie, I went to a, a, a strength training session with an elite athlete, and we've got this new exercise. I've got a powerlifting coach, and they gave me these fantastic exercises. I went to soccer training, and my, my trainer gave me these great exercises. And I always go back to exactly the same question. Have you analysed that exercise? I don't care who gave it to you. Have you analysed it? Is it safe? If you had to take that exercise to a court of law, because what usually happens is some guru gives you an exercise and then it ends up in, in the toolbox that you give to your clients. You go to soccer training and you go, oh, that's a cool exercise, and you end up giving it to your client. And I'm going to give you a really embarrassing example. Uh, I had a, a team of trainers at one stage when I was managing a health club in Brisbane in Australia. And I had a, and I was also training people, and I, I share with you passionately because I, I love one on one personal exercise coaching. And one of my clients was a rock climber, and she had, real, she had a really sore and inflamed wrist extensor. And what happened was she, could do, uh, she couldn't do a supinated grip. But she could do pronated grip. It didn't hurt in the pronated position. And that's one of the really cool things about the human body. If it hurts, obviously don't do it. If it doesn't hurt, analyze whether there's a risk in the future that it will hurt. But what happened, because she was training for a, a major climb, she could very comfortably do her chin-ups and her uh, deadlifts and her lat pull downs and even her bench presses. She couldn't do a supinated grip, but she was very comfortable with the pronated grip on the wrist that was busted. So what we did while we were rehabbing that injury is she was doing her chin-ups with a supinated grip on her healthy wrist and a pronated grip on her unhealthy wrist, which she was quite comfortably able to work with. Same with the deadlift. She was lifting with a supinated and a pronated grip. I have a team of trainers, within a very short period of time, every single one of those trainers at my health club, because I was the manager and because I was uh, the, you know, the most qualified person there, every single one of those trainers had taken that exercise and given it to their clients. So every client that, that during that period, very short period of time were doing lat pulldowns and deadlifts and, and chin-ups and rows with a supinated and pronated grip. So, of course, we pull everybody in, have a team meeting. Why are you doing this? And you know what the answer was? Because, Rowie, we saw you do it. We thought it must have been a good exercise because you were doing it. That's called being a sheeple, not thinking for yourself, just following. I'm asking you to be a professional, a true exercise professional. Learn your anatomy, learn your physiology, apply it to the, the human body, apply it to the human body's lifestyle and that particular human being and their underlying challenges, their likes and their dislikes. Is it safe? Is it effective? Is it functional? Does it work? What's happening at the joint? And let's give our clients the best results possible. Could that be a really good idea? Woohoo! I feel good. Na 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 na. Because I know my anatomy. Na 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 na. And my physiology. Na 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 na. Feel good. Woohoo!